Welcome to Brewing Faith. Oh, let's see if we can get our music to go off. Well, there we go. Well, it is Black Friday. I was going to do a broadcast on don't be spending all your money. Buy something for Jesus today, not for yourself. But I just, uh, I don't know. God wouldn't let me. I wanted to do that. That's what I wanted to do. Tell you, go home, pray, read your Bible. But you must be needing to buy somebody a Christmas present today, so have fun. Well, we're going to look at the book of Acts again this morning. I think it was Wednesday morning. Uh, we talked about uh, the woman of divination that they Paul cast the devil out of her. And they're... The men involved with her that made money by her, they got upset. Like, you messed things up here when they cast the devil out of her. I, I, I don't know. I was looking at this morning. I was thinking her masters were like, we, we are broke now. That's where she was. She was where we was making all our money. And so on Wednesday, we talked about that. And, and the backstory of that was what I was talking about was that Paul and the story of Paul and Silas followed that. So it looked like a situation cast this devil out. They were all upset. That's what got them thrown in prison, but it was the cause of the great revival. So this morning, I want to talk about a little bit going along those same lines about 
stirring things up. <clears throat> we talked about, you know, it's okay for things to get stirred up. I don't want to stir up trouble to stir up trouble, but I want to stir up trouble to have revival. But this morning, maybe the topic I put, I think I put in my subject line this morning, the book of Acts. I just put Acts. But I, I could say it this way, maybe, that God stirs up what he wants to stir up. And sometimes you, God works in ways that you, uh, okay, I didn't realize God was going to take us in that direction, but okay, God, here we go. So, um, so we're going to get into Acts chapter 17 and 18 this morning, and uh, we'll get into that in just a moment, but I do want to say welcome to everybody that's in Brewing Faith this morning. Preston and Kimberly are not here. We couldn't get them out of bed. Stayed up all night and party and then can't come to church on, on Friday morning. But that's okay. <clears throat> so, no, I don't think they're going to make it. They already called me. <laughs> so, but they'll be ready to go when we go shopping here in a little bit. We got Logan here. Logan Seifert. Got Bishop. Sister Pearson. Thankful for them. Garrett and Anna. And uh, and I got my girlfriend sitting right by me. She's pretty cool. So, love y'all. Thank you for tuning in today. Acts chapter 17, we have Paul preaching at Mars Hill. And man, he preaches. He preaches quite a message. I know not every word that he preaches is written down in Acts chapter 17, but he is preaching to them. That's where in Acts 17 and 23, he says, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Um, he, I mean, he just, he, he, verse 25, neither is worship with the men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth all life and breath and all things. And he's just preaching to them. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Very, um, um, this he's preaching at Athens here, preaching at Marshall. It's a very humanistic place, this Athens here. But he preaches a great message. <clears throat> and we know from reading the history of the book of Acts that they had revivals of 3,000, revivals of 5,000. And so you think when here at Athens, Paul preaches this great, amazing message do you think he had great revival? The end of Acts chapter 17. I'm just asking anybody. Do you think he had a great revival at Athens? No. He did not, actually. If you read at verse number 33 and 34, it kind of gives the results of, of his message and all of what happened. In verse 32, it says, And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Wow, that's great. That's a great altar call, isn't it? When you get all done and it says... Some mocked. It says, some mocked. And others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. <laughs> they didn't, it didn't even sound like they come to the altar. They're like, eh, we'll talk to you about it later. But then verse 34, it says, how be it, certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which were Dionysius, the Aragopagite, and a woman named Demarius, and others with them. It doesn't seem like they had 3,000. It doesn't seem like they had 5,000. In fact, 
there's so few that they're able to mention them by name. <laughs> yeah. We we had such a small we can we can tell you exactly who was there. Um, <clears throat> but these these are mentioned, I believe, on purpose. I, I believe he mentions them on purpose because revival isn't always what we see it, but God works. In, in he might work in this individual or this individual, even if it's not three thousand or five thousand. And we're going to get back to stirring things up, okay? Here, so that's Acts chapter seventeen, and Athens doesn't seem like a great, amazing revival, but it does make note to some, that that something happened. They did have some revival, a few people, a few people. So. We don't gauge, we gauge revival. We can look at it like, oh, that wasn't wasn't all that great. Let God be the judge. Right. Let God be the judge. God will stir things up where He wants to stir things up, because Paul was preaching. He was preaching at Athens, but God said, you know, I'm just gonna we're gonna save a few people right here. So, so that's Acts 17, Acts chapter 18, verse one says, and after these things, Paul departed from Athens. It seems like that's the end of, okay, I preached at Athens, had a couple people get the Holy Ghost, a couple people baptized, and it says, and he, he left Athens, and he came to Corinth. And Corinth, there is unbelievable revival, and we'll, we'll go into We'll go into some of that in a little bit, but it's they have a great, great, great revival at Corinth. But remember in Acts 16, them being thrown in jail, what was the key? They they messed with the, the damsel that was where their money was being involved. Can I tell somebody today, you keep reaching, you be a light, and let God use you. It, it might be just a couple folks at Athens, but I'm going to depart. I'm going to go to Corinth, Paul says, and God uses you. Okay, so I, I want to go into a little bit, and I, I thought I was going to go backwards here, but um, I'll just follow my notes, okay? In Corinth, they had great revival some apostolic historians and theologians I'm, I'm reading here are saying forty to 80,000 new converts in Corinth. In Athens, there were so few that they mentioned them by name. Corinth was a city of over 700,000. They say a very sinful city. But where there's much sin, there's also people that are hungry for God. Because they're desperate, <clears throat> they say of 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 the of that world where the disciples, the apostles were working. I'm reading some of this again, some apostolic even commentary on this, and they're saying that in 300 years, in the 300 years after uh, the death of Jesus and the, and the resurrection, that they estimate 10 percent of that world was converted. But they say that Corinth was the epicenter. Corinth was the place where the great revival was. Forty to 80,000 new converts. But Paul was in Athens, and they just mentioned a couple people by name, but it says, then he went to Corinth. 
And we're talking, you're thinking, are you going to get back to where stirring things up and the woman of divination? There's a key. I believe there's a key in my Bible reading this morning from Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8. It says, well, let's back up to verse number 7. So again, this is, we said he departed, he went to Corinth, verse number 7, and Paul departed thence and entered into a certain man's house named Justice. So this is the beginning of the revival. This is right after he got to Corinth. What are we going to do? What, what's going on here? Um, verse number 7, entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshipped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. And verse number 8, here it is. Here I believe is the key to the revival at Corinth. Maybe the key to the revival that... 10% of the known world was converted. Verse 8, And Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house, and many of the Corinthians hearing believed and were baptized. Do you realize what just happened here? The chief ruler of the synagogue got saved. And it changed. That was the beginning of the revival at Corinth. And then many of the Corinthians hearing, believed, and were baptized. So here it all started. He, okay, we in Acts 16, they got the woman of divination, and it caused a lot of problems. Well, here, it was the, the, the reverse of, of winning people. They won Crispus. God lead me to a Christmas. I, I I think I talked about it on Wednesday. God give us the key to the enemy, the, the 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 person that has the key to the city for the enemy. Give me that key. Well, that, here they found the key. Christmas. He believed on the Lord. He was the chief ruler of the synagogue. But here I want to I want to kind of go in a different direction. I know we're all over the map this morning. Elder Sister Pearson asked me what you're teaching on this morning. I said it's the Book of Acts. That's it. It's revival. So, so he wins Christmas. It says many of the Corinthians believed. You know what? Revival can be scary. You know, it can be safe when we got us four and no more. But here in Corinth, they say Corinth, and you read about Corinth. <clears throat> church at Corinth did have a lot of church. They had a lot of church problems too, but they were having revival. But the great Apostle Paul. He's the great Apostle Paul. Man, he's like done so much for God. But when he began to have revival at Corinth, he got scared. Watch this. He won Christmas. The chief ruler of the synagogues believed on the Lord with all his house, was baptized. What happens in verse number 9? The next verse, it says, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. And this is what God, and it's in red letters here. God said to Paul, be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Why do you think God had to speak to Paul in a night vision? I believe he won the chief ruler of the synagogue, but then it was like, whoa, what's going to happen I think it was. It might have been. I'm just. I, I mean, I know he's a great apostle, Paul, but it seems like here he was a little bit fearful. Like, what's going to happen? We just won the key to the city. We got like 
we got people coming from everywhere saying, can I be baptized, Paul? I need the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, help us. Help us. Lead us and guide us, God. And help us not to be afraid. He said, speak, Paul. I have a great revival. And I, you say, well, what's this for brewing faith this morning? I really felt this this morning that God will lead you and guide you. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, if you're praying, there should be a glow about you. There should be a... a uh, when you interact with people, there should be a kindness come out of you. And, and I believe that. I believe that the Holy Ghost, it, it, it comes out of us. But when we say, God, help me. Lead me to the key to the enemy, the key to win the loss. God will lead you to people. God will open doors for you. And don't be afraid as here. God, God had to reassure Paul. Don't be afraid of what I will do. I just, this is what I thought of this. You might be in, in Thanksgiving dinner, you know, with a bunch of unsaved family, friends that don't know anything about this apostolic truth. And all of a sudden you begin talking talking and you have a relative say man i need god whoa oh okay now you open a door this is what i believe it can happen the whole family can say you know could could you teach our whole family a bible study i i want to know there's something about you i see you interact with your kids i see your family your family's different your kids aren't doing drugs your kids aren't aren't messed up in all the crazy things that are going on in the world how is that how are you how are you not afraid of your of your daughter being raised in this wicked generation well i'll teach you bible study Oh my, I've never taught a Bible study before. Now I got, I'm teaching a Bible study to 10 people. Amen. I'm telling somebody this morning, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God has a revival. <clears throat> I might like to get this guy on our show uh, sometime. I got his phone number, but it's a pastor. He was down at the rally down in Indiana uh, last week. <clears throat> and uh, he just got up and gave a testimony but it, it, when I was preparing this morning, I thought of him. This pastor, It's a pastor from Arkansas, but he just told his testimony a little bit that he was a Church of God preacher, a young man. I want to say like 20, 21 years old. He said, I'd started preaching when I was 15, but somebody witnessed to me. And he said, I, he said, they witnessed to me. He said, and I opened the scripture and he said, immediately I got a revelation of the oneness of the Godhead. He said, I believed it. I mean, he said, I was Trinitarian. I was a Trinitarian preacher, but I got the revelation just like that. Don't be afraid where God leads and guides you. I don't know who the guy that was that knocked on his door witnessed to him, but now he, whoever that was that witnessed to him, that guy's now a pastoring a church in Arkansas. Christmas. God lead me to Christmas. The chief ruler of the synagogue <coughs> believed on the Lord and there was great revival at Corinth. Don't be afraid for God to use you. Don't be afraid for, to get out of your comfort zone. I know every one of us like to stay in our comfort zone, but that isn't where God wants... How, how do you say it? That ain't where God wants me to be. Uh, just, just follow where God wants you to be and He'll walk with you. 
I will not be afraid. I'm going to close with a different song than, uh, what's our, what's our song? What's our signature song? Passing the faith along. Uh, I got Garrett in here, so we'll close with a, uh, an old song from the eighties, but he'll walk with you. He's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother today. Love y'all to have great church this Sunday. Invite somebody out to the house of God tomorrow. Text somebody. Tell them it's going to be church like never before. Dinner like never before. Don't spend all your money today. God bless you. To help you start.